This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. The proposed merger of Fiat Chrysler and Renault is running into some sticky issues. For one, the French government wants more, a lot more. Bloomberg reports it is demanding that the operational headquarters be headquartered in Paris. It wants a seat on the board of directors and it wants a special dividend for Renault shareholders. Remember, it owns 15% of Renault. Meanwhile, the CEO of Nissan, Hiroto Sakawa, says that if Renault and FCA do merge, then that changes the structure of Renault, and that will require a fundamental review of the whole alliance. Well, here's our Autoline Insight. All this points out the problems with mergers and alliances. It sure is hard to get everyone to agree to anything, especially in a timely manner. And that sure can bog down the whole process when you're trying to figure out whose products and platforms and powertrains to use. Last week, President Trump threatened to increase tariffs on goods coming in from Mexico if it doesn't stop illegal immigrants coming to the U.S. A 5% tariff would kick in June 10th, increase to 10% on July 1st, and go all the way up to 25% by October if the administration doesn't feel like Mexico is properly addressing the problem. But in a new report from Deutsche Bank, it says that would hit the Detroit automakers hard and cost them billions of dollars. If the tariff goes up to 25%, it would cost GM $6.3 billion in annual profits, $4.8 billion for FCA, and $3.3 billion for Ford. GM would have to raise the price of its cars by $2,400, FCA $2,200, and Ford $1,600. Including all car brands, the average price of cars would go up $1,300 for consumers. The report also said the tariffs could cut vehicle sales by 3 million units annually. Elon Musk says Tesla's pickup, whenever it does come out, will be a better truck than the Ford F-150 and a better sports car than the base Porsche 911. He wants the truck to be priced just under 50 grand and says it will deliver 4 to 500 miles of range and 300,000 pounds of towing capacity, which would make it the towing champion of all pickups by a factor of 10. But can he really deliver all of this for under 50 grand? We think he might be tossing out stats on an up-level version that's going to cost more than $50,000. The UK government set up ambitious goals for reducing emissions, but last year it ended incentives for plug-in hybrid buyers and reduced them for EV buyers. It made the change because it felt like the incentives had helped establish the market for plug-ins and it was time to focus on EVs. But only about 1% of new car buyers are going for electrics. Mitsubishi says the UK would get closer to and meet some of its goals if it again started rewarding buyers of plug-in hybrid vehicles. A survey shows owners of the Outlander PHEV are able to drive in electric-only mode about half the time. It also says plug-ins are a great way to help get people familiar with EVs and that a quarter of Outlander PHEV owners 
are most likely to consider a battery electric vehicle for their next purchase. Volvo is partnering with POC, a Swedish company that makes sports and safety equipment, to crash test bike helmets against cars. As part of the test, crash test dummies wearing bike helmets are launched into different areas of the hood at different speeds and angles to measure the safety of the helmets. The companies say these tests will help improve the safety of bike helmets and are more protective in an accident involving a car and bike. But why the heck is a car company crash testing bike helmets? Volvo's brand reputation is built on safety. But nowadays, all automakers have to meet the same safety standards. So tests like this are a way for Volvo to keep promoting its safety image. In racing news over the weekend, the rain-soaked and delayed dual number one at the Detroit Grand Prix was won by Joseph Newgarden in his Chevrolet just beating out Honda driver Alexander Rossi. And yesterday, Scott Dixon won Duel 2 in his Honda. A shout-out to rookie Marcus Erickson for finishing second, his first podium. And in NASCAR, Kurt Busch powered his Toyota to the first spot in the Pocono 400. We've got a great Autoline After Hours this Thursday. It's all about the SAE's AutoDrive Challenge, where eight universities are competing to develop autonomous cars. General Motors gave each team a Chevrolet Bolt EV, and we'll show you how they're getting converted to AVs and introduce you to some of the students who are doing it. And speaking of After Hours, last week Jeff Stout from Yangfeng Interiors had some interesting insight into autonomous ride-sharing vehicles. As you know, some experts are predicting these vehicles could be used up to a million miles or more. But can an interior last that long? The answer is no. And so the expectation is that certainly high wear components, seating, armrests, things that you interact with on a very regular basis, that's going to have to get swapped out multiple times. So you're going to have three separate, four separate, five separate lifespans of interior product that will have to get swapped out. What does that process look like? Um, so who, first of all, who owns the car, uh, depending on if this is the city of Chicago and they have a rideshare uh, service being provided by, let's just pick on somebody, Waymo. Waymo then is going to own this car. Do they partner with a Wi-Fi to say, hey, you sold the interior in the first place. We'll let you know when these cars get to a certain uh, threshold of mileage, and then we expect you to swap these out, and you get to more of a subscription service. We don't sell the interior. We sell the service of an interior, and as soon as it wears out, we replace it, um, which then leads to a technology question, which we're maybe working on. Um, instead of saying, well, it's been 100,000 miles, I should have a new uh, armrest, widget, whatever, if I could actually, if you're sensing the person's face, can you sense what they touch? And tell me, well, I want to service that door panel after it's been loaded, 100,000 times. And if nobody ever touches the door panel, don't ever replace it. Replace based on need, not based on mileage. There's a lot of analogies to uh, the airline uh, engine industry, Rolls-Royce. They sell the service of that engine, and they're tracking all of the things that are going on inside that engine. And when they start to measure uh, abnormal anomalies as far as vibrations, they go and service it. They don't service it based on a number of flight hours. They do it based on the data that the engine is generating. 
Can the interior have a similar model? Could you service it as it needs to be serviced, not as it comes to a certain mileage amount? And that could be cleanliness, that could be smell, that could be function. There's a lot of factors that would lead to that. And there's more great insight about interiors in that show. And you can watch it right now on our website or YouTube channel. But that brings us to the end of today's report. Thank you for watching.